Hello, and welcome to Everything You Need, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing his first game on by Kara Neer, featuring my pal Gary Brents on guitar, bass, and drum programming. Gary is joining me today to talk about songs and writing songs on our second feature, Songscapes. Enjoy. The first uh, thing I could think of was... um uh, basically like an animator, like a, uh, illustrator animator for, for cartoons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, uh, since a young age, I had always been interested in that, interested in drawing, sketching, um, uh, stuff like that, but I never really honed that craft to where, um, I got, uh, I guess good at it. Um, and I guess music was kind of the 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 left turn that I took in, in terms of like, you know, the umbrella of art um, instead of graphics and, and drawing. Uh, but I'm still like interested in it. You know, I still like doodle every now and then, but it's not something that I um, like really pursue now. Mm-hmm. What was really like turning you on back then? Like, was it like Bill Watterson, like Calvin and Hobbes or was it like uh cartoons you were watching like what really piqued your interest in that um i think it was like i guess kind of a mixture of so it's i guess like it's the early 90s um a mixture of like saturday morning cartoons um like x-men and like like superhero kind of stuff x-men like a little bit of like the uh animated batman series um and then um uh like like digging further into animated stuff like anime that my cousin, older cousins were showing me, um, at the time. Um, I guess like, uh, Mac cross and Robotech, like mech stuff really like fascinated me, um, at a young age. Um, and then, and then even like, like Dragon Ball Z, um, um, and it's like Sailor Moon to an extent. Uh, I was just like really amazed by like the colors and like the stylization of it all. And I, you know, tried to emulate drawing it and sometimes even just tracing it just to like see what it looks like on like my, a paper in my, you know, in front of my own eyes. Um, but yeah, just kind of a mix of mix of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Like um, <clears throat> right there around that time um, in the like, where the X-Men animated series was coming out and stuff, there was like a real, uh, there was like a real sort of like breakthrough in animation. And like, there was lots of things that people were trying, um, that, you know, I'm not really sure. Like we're, uh, I mean, some of it worked to differing like degrees of success or whatever, but there was like the Spider-Man series where they were putting (laughs) like the 3d, like, um, like the basically the computer graphics behind the animation right. and uh yeah it's it's wild it's like, like blended like, in yeah. yeah yeah and so uh, that was a really interesting time like um when i am going through like these streaming services and watching these old cartoons with my my kids mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like yeah um <laughs> it's really wild like maybe when i was younger and i was watching that i didn't realize 
exactly what was going on. You either liked the cartoon or you didn't, you know? And right. Later you're like, holy shit, that's like, um, that's like, uh, you know, um, early, early PlayStation level, like, um, digital, like basically graphics in the background and this animation yeah. in the front. And, uh, I mean, you know, they were taking, they were taking some swings. They were trying to, you know, do things that, uh, that hadn't been done. They were, um, whether it was, uh, the focus on that was for art's sake or whether they were trying to make their lives easier. I'm not really sure, right. you know, maybe right. a little of both, right? Could have been a little bit of both. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle ground, like trying to obviously try, um, at the time, new technology or, or new techniques and mixing it with what was working. And then, yeah, it was just kind of a, a whole new thing that, that came from it. It was, it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, you described like going, like heading towards music as sort of a left turn. And I, I find that, um, phrase interesting. And, um, since we're talking about like the technologies and stuff, like mm-hmm. in how they were, um, sort of, uh, like in, in these, uh, transition, transitional like states or whatever between like what, you know, we would know, um, before that and to what came after like you know there's obviously uh shortly after there in animation there were entire shows that were you know cgi etc um yeah and especially now like you know the the new he-man ones or whatever um but oh yeah (laughs) um so you know similarly uh in the early aughts or whatever we were going through that uh, with music really, because, yeah. you know, um, digital audio workshops and stuff were becoming like a thing we can get on our computers. And, you know, you and I have both found sort of like our not, you know, calling like that's our purpose in life, but we really seem to have latched onto that and embraced that. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back and ask, uh, I, you know, we chatted before and we sort of went through like, um, first bands and all that stuff. But I don't mm. remember if we went through like, what was your first like gear setup? What did that right. look like? Yeah. Um, so I guess like the very first thing, I guess like the, the very first thing I ever recorded on was like just a rudimentary, like consumer level tape deck. Um, but, you know, that was just like, for, for sketches of musical ideas, but not necessarily com- composition, um, at least for me. Um, just okay, like and was this, ideas. was this just like hit record and yeah. you're recording like the whole room or was this like put a yeah. mic in? Okay, so um, it was just like... Yeah, just like the, the, the mic that's, you know, built into... Built in. Yeah. yeah, and that that was just for me to hear back. Like, you know, I'm sure like someone today would just you know use their phone for for that like very very basic purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess that was like my very first piece of like recording gear, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing, which is like a really <laughs> kind of janky way of of multi tracking, was using that same tape deck. Um, but then also a karaoke machine that my mom had that uh, I guess we really barely ever used. Maybe I don't even remember if we ever did use it, but it had a 
uh, also a built-in tape deck, but it had a mic that came with it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is new, a new thing for me to, to mess with. Um, and I would, it was kind of weird. I would like record something with the mic into the karaoke machines tape deck, you know, onto a tape. And then I would play that back through the karaoke machines, uh, speakers, which were, um, I mean, not great, but you know, bigger than, than, than the, uh, the dedicated tape deck speakers. And then what was coming out of those speakers, I would record onto a pre-recording on the tape deck. So like mm-hmm. something's laid down already on the tape deck tape. And then I would like, almost kind of mash the two together mm-hmm. and that was like kind of the next step i was like oh wow you know i mean i didn't know the term multi-tracking but i was like this is kind of cool you can put something together like a puzzle and obviously fast forward that's you know digital yeah. recording yeah <laughs> yeah my cousin and i actually did something similar when we were kids we'd have like heavy metal tapes and we'd yeah. some, we'd make like <clears throat> Weird Al parody versions of like metal songs. Oh, wow. Like by playing <laughs> one tape in a tape deck and then recording it on the other. So it was like, yeah, we just figured out we like, oh, you got to put the we got to like scoot a little further away from the tape that we're recording <laughs> on, you know, because we're too loud. We got to put the right. tape deck a little closer because it's not loud enough, you know. And so yeah. we were like learning at that age like without thinking of it like you said we don't have the uh terminology for this or whatever but we're learning at that age like um spatial uh, you know properties and like um and 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 in regards to like uh how sound is being picked up and stuff and so right you know a little song and dance trying to figure it out yeah i mean we're over here uh doing our like you know, I don't know. I don't think we ever said it out loud, but it was basically like it was like, what if it, what if Weird Al did like metal songs, you know? And so we, oh, had, that that's cool. We did something. I can't remember what it was. What it was. It was like uh, we did Wasp, Fistful of Diamonds. I don't remember what Ooh. the parody of that was, but we like really liked yeah. that song. And you know, um, that's a fun one. Yeah, we did um, we did Bon Jovi living on a prayer, but it was living on welfare because nice. like our, <laughs> our families literally were on welfare. Um, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, and and like that's you know obviously not as metal, but that one was just come on, that was super easy. It was right there, right? right? Um, super catchy jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember what else we did, but yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was sort of like I guess that was my ex- first experience, you know, recording. Nice. Um, uh stuff you know on my own or whatever um and uh i don't you know i i could i could say that you know one of those lessons that understanding like the space and the distance that you need between Mm -hmm. like what you know where you're using to receive the sound and where the sound is coming from that that that's still, I think, a very under underrated um, skill to have. Oh, I absolutely agree. Yeah, that's there's there. That's I feel like there's a lot of magic in that that step. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I don't know how often you do stuff like this, but um, uh, you know, this this harkens back to the uh, the mid to late nineties, like screamo where it's mm-hmm. like, you always have like the vocal that is like, sounds like it's coming from the other room. Cause you're yeah. like utilizing that, that distance between yourself and the microphone. Right. And, I love that. Yeah. And then of course there's the, 
Because, I mean, you can try to do that with, like, a reverb effect, and it just never works right. right. I like, Yeah, to be honest, that's like a, 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 what do you call it, like a chasing the dragon of, of that kind of golden <laughs> sound of, like, can I replicate this? Not really, but I'm still going to try yeah. and then, you know, see what happens. You know, it still might sound cool, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, one of those things where it's, like, you just – you're done recording, right? And you realize, yeah. ah, shit, I should have tried Dang. that this way. And yeah. so you try it and <laughs> you spend... Not quite it. Yeah, you spend an hour like trying yeah. to get the thing when you should have just put your mic back together. Right, <laughs> Put putting it and then, you know, go into the, go into the other room. I'll yeah. put your mic in the other room and, yeah. and yeah, just get some distance that, that uh, yeah, that spatial uh, quality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um... Yeah, I think there's a lot of instances that really when when you're trying to um, recreate like a a certain aesthetic or like you know I, I, aesthetic is a weird word to uh, to use in regards to something when you're discussing sound, but I don't know it it yeah, makes yeah, yeah. sense to me. Um, it does. Yeah. But it's like you know when you're trying to make some you know like if you're trying to do like a a big um, multi-person like shout thing. Oh yeah. And, and you're trying to like do this and that. And what you really need to do is just like have more than one person do it, you know, it's right. It's like, <laughs> it like really almost does not even matter. It could be like you and your partner and like, you know, like a friend, like it doesn't Someone matter. Else, yeah. yeah. It just like, yep. when you're trying to do that, like yourself create it with like three tracks like mm -hmm. you really have to be able to like fool the microphone, like almost like that. It's not you three times, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the, I've definitely been there. There's a lot of manipulation to be done, uh, in editing, like, or, or even just like mic placement, like from the, from the source, mm -hmm. um, just to get it close to that, you know crowd shouting type feel and it, yeah. it's tough with one person yeah yeah i mean you can obviously you can go in and you can like you can do that like um low pass on one or you know yeah. I mean? like you can just cut right. all this <laughs> you can you know you can you can try to trick it but there's really nothing like it's like just like that thing like we were saying like where it's like um just doing it right in the first place or doing it like the best way in the right. first place was, you know, really the, uh, the, the way to go. Um, absolutely. Yeah. In regards to like your first like guitar equipment and stuff though, did you start like, oh, yeah. you start out with just like a guitar and like a combo amp or did you like have like any pedals right away that you were, cause I, you know, I, not only like do I find like your tone super interesting, but obviously you do like a lot of uh, synthesizer stuff and everything like that. Yeah. But, like, how right. did you get started in that? Like, did you? What were like the first pedals you had, or you know, that you start like manipulating and fooling with? Um. So let's see. I think my first amp. Um, it was a bass amp because I I I. Uh, I played bass before guitar, but I still had that bass amp and would use it uh, with my guitar because, you know, just what I had. And it, and it sounded cool. It was a little more um, uh, woofy, I guess, a little deeper, mm -hmm. but it was cool. Um, I think the, f 
I think that it was a combo amp. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember the brand. It was it was like an acronym, I think, like S W R maybe or or something like that. Oh yeah, I think like the yeah the little logo is in like a circle or yes yeah yeah. yeah. I honestly haven't seen that brand and I haven't thought about that brand in gosh like yeah 15 years those things um, were mean though like <laughs> yeah it was little it was things cool. yeah those little things could could pack a punch it was punchy yeah, yeah yeah um so i used that in the beginning and a um i had one of those uh death metal distortion pedals oh yeah um and like i liked it but to be honest it was like it wasn't exactly what I was looking for um, at the time because it didn't have like the clarity. Uh, like, I mean, it had, you know, obviously all the gain, but I, but to be honest, like as time has gone on, I, I like uh, my tones to have a little bit less gain and then where I'm playing harder to sort of make up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't something that I knew I wanted back then, not for like a, a while. Um, yeah, I don't so think- that was no yeah. one knows like what <laughs> no one styles knows. do you know you just try yeah. stuff, trying to crank on just try stuff yeah yeah so like probably um so so that was like uh 2001 so like 2001 to like maybe 2010 like yeah nine to nine years I, I it was just a trial like trial and error just like all kinds of stuff and then really like after that was when i started trying to um like develop i guess like tones that i was uh had like really happy with um like you know a little bit less gain playing harder um a little bit more jangly i guess uh for for the most part and then um obviously a lot of it's been like digital emulation um like the last um i guess since 2016 i've been using um that kemper um amp and it's really awesome because it's, you know, you get like access to all kinds of amps, like even stuff that most people may not think of. Like I rock a lot of, well, you know, digitally rock a lot of like Subtech amps. And it's like a type of amp that I've really wanted to get or, you know, the, the amp sound mm-hmm. to get before. And not a lot of uh, like software companies will think to model that or capture that. But like Kemper is just it's up to the devices of people like because you people will make uh, uh their own profiles and submit them to the like the uh what do you call it kemper uh library and mm-hmm. then like you know some of them are or a lot of them are free and then there's ones you can pay for and i've honestly paid for a lot of them because they're you know boutique stuff like some sun amps and stuff um and then like uh uh kurt Ballou has like a library and i i bought that because i'm you know a big fan of his uh tones over the years and it kind of spoke to me too because it's more or, or some of the tones in there are like less gainy and more mid-range focus and that like speaks to me uh really well mm-hmm. and, and in your recordings like do you uh do you do you use the bass to sort of make up that like um like do you use a lot of drive on your bass to sort of fill in that yeah 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 i do and i like that kind of um uh dynamic and like contrast a bit where mm-hmm. you know maybe there's there's dirt a bit of dirt and and hot more high end on the bass to kind of 
clang and make up for a little bit of the lesser gain on like the guitar parts. So sometimes I will go for like ultra smooth, like jazzy bass sound, but most of the time I do like it dirty, um, uh, mix with like the less gain guitar. Mm-hmm. I found that there's a weird spot that you can put the bass to make it stick out from the guitars without like, um, without get because i like to have the guitars in like the high mid and then yeah um, when you put the distortion on the bass sometimes it wants to compete for this space up here it it can it really can yeah and i've i found this weird like i found this weird area in the in the um that i can only like describe as like a little bit froggy okay (laughs) but i I put the bass in this little bit like froggy area and it sticks out really nice without like competing with the guitars it it almost sticks out like a little like it almost sounds a little bit like uh more separate than a lot of people might okay you know but i but i'm like I play with like some incredible bass players sometimes. So I'm like, I'm not fucking, I'm not hogging that spotlight. Like I'm letting them have that, you know? And, um, right. and so showcase like, that. Yeah. 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 I mean, so it's kind of, I mean, it's like, um, one band that was like, uh, that really sticks out, um, to in mind, um, is like, um, Minutemen and, and Firehose, like, but they Ooh. did that with like tones more than like right. frequency ranges. But you know how I'm saying it's like, it's really like you're listening to two different recordings. Like I don't go that far. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Set, but it's like that's kind of what I what I always thought was really cool. Like if you're able to do that and still have there be some kind of like glue there, you know, like that's the, yeah, that's what you're always trying to do, right? You're always trying to make every buddy super noticeable but it sound cohesive you know so yeah and um, there's definitely a like like a a a science in that or even like an an art and science in that where it's like you you do want that separation or at least you know most of the time uh depending on uh your intent and, and maybe genre um and then like the yeah the trick is trying to get it sound like or at least for me, like, especially as a, um, primarily solo artist, uh, get that quote unquote band in the room feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's, it's pretty fun. I know that a lot of times that uh, it's been like quite a while 
uh, since um, people have written their first song and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But um, can you remember anything about like the first time when you sat down and you were like, you know, you're probably pretty new at guitar, but you're like, I'm going to try to mm-hmm. write my first song. Like, do you remember anything about what that process was like for you? Yeah. Um, okay. So honestly, it was probably could have been a week or two weeks into playing guitar. Now, of course, I had been playing bass for um, uh, two, no, three years prior. So, you know, I had some uh, semblance of rhythm, melody, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But guitar, you know, obviously was different. Um, but like maybe, yeah, a couple weeks into it, uh, I was at a friend's house and he had, um, uh, what was it? Adobe Edition, And he was using it just to like, uh, kind of record like ideas, like sketches, like kind of how like I was doing with a, with a tape deck. Um, but he wasn't like composing really like songs. Um, he just wanted to hear back like guitar parts and stuff or like covers or riffs from bands that he was learning. Um, but yeah, he had that and I just like borrowed his guitar and, um, I was just like hit record and, and he was acting as like the drummer. Uh, it was, it was really goofy. Like he would hit like his table and like various parts of his desk and like objects as drums, you know? And I guess, you know, in that, I was trying to lay it down as like a sketch, you know, it wasn't like a complete song, um, you know, recording production wise, but it, uh, compositionally it was. And I was just like hit record and just kind of follow my cues. Like, look at me if I'm, you know, changing, you know, uh, going up and down the neck and stuff like that. And it was really funny. Like I, I kind of tried hard not to laugh throughout it all. He was laughing for sure. Cause he, you know, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, but, uh, I, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but it was like, you know, less than three minutes of a song and we played it back and it was pretty, pretty hilarious, but uh, a fun experience. I, I honestly don't think I have that file anymore. I wish I did because it'd be fun to like reuse it as like a um, like, you know, kind of how bands will use like a lo fi thing as like an intro or interlude. And then, you know, it goes into the song and it's like huger sound you know Mm -hmm. better better production Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah it was fun um just kind of a lo-fi uh jam that i just like hammered out yeah i always um i always said that i was gonna do a b-side of an album where it's just um all of the um like um voice memos of riffs that i've like where i'm just like and um yeah but i heard that no effects did that at some point so i was like i don't want to do anything that fat mike's done (laughs) yeah yeah um, that is not the you know that's not where i'm hanging my hat um right right but yeah it's it's a it's wild like the that scenario that you described like reminds me of like something you'd see in like that movie boogie nights or something like where they're in the studio and they're like, just like (laughs) out, you know, out of their gourds, but like, it just picture somebody tapping, doing the like whole, like, um, dashboard drums, you know, like, and yeah, uh, exactly. (laughs) No, that's really cool though. I love how like, um, when you're younger, 
even if you are um, sort of like um, you're feeling self-conscious about like what's how you get there that yeah. like, ultimately you'll still do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, you just go for it. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, that is something that I um, I still aspire to, you know, just like yeah. just don't don't worry about it, you know? Like don't right. like don't worry about like I mean you said um, you know, you you were like, oh this this technique that I was doing is just like what somebody would do with their iPhone now, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I mean, like you, if you, if you wanted to, like if you took the time or whatever, like you literally could like borrow your um, mom's iPhone and use your own iPhone and sit there and like, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could track like an actual, like pretty good, like screamo or like indie like album or whatever that way. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure you could. Like I believe I yeah I believe I, it it would be I've tracked drums like on my my phone before like it's oh, um, nice. it's it's just like it's like a it's more it was more like an interlude track but it was funny because I was like I want the drums to sound shitty on this yeah. track right and they like, like didn't really sh- limited frequencies they didn't sound shitty like it's I don't oh, even wow. I don't even feel like you, I don't even feel like you notice, like going from like wild. <laughs> the one track to, <clears throat> excuse me, except for like the fact that like, except for the fact that like, um, you I, that you can't isolate like specific right. things and bring them up and down like you like you'd want to, but it's like yeah. in this particular case, like it's almost just like, oh well, they're probably just not like actually playing that other stuff as hard or you know what I mean? Cause it's like, Oh, right. The vibe of the track is, is different, you know? So, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's actually really cool though. It's that whole thing. Just like we were talking about before. It's like, um, yeah. I mean, if you set the, uh, the phone right next to your drums and you start hitting them and then it's just going to be like, you know, it's going to sound <laughs> shitty. Right. All the t- symbols. Yeah. yeah. If you take the time and figure it out where it needs to be, you know, and, and whatnot, then like you could do it. There's no, you know, if that's yeah. like all you got going, all you got to work with, like just fucking do it anyway. And I, you I always, make the best of it. I always say I'm going to do something like that just because like, I think it'd be an interesting experiment, but then mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey asshole, you've got like seven other recordings to finish as it stands. Like you don't <laughs> need to, you know, jerk around with like that kind of thing right now, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, so you know, your first song, you're obviously just like, you're just filled with that, like, holy shit, this might be something that I can actually do, and yeah. you're just like trying anything, you know? You're just like whatever. Um, but like now, what does it look like when you sit down to write songs? Like, is it how I was mentioning where you have like a voice memo box, like that's just filled with little like snippets? Um, or is it, or is that stuff all go straight into your DAW? Like, how does that process go for you now? Um, okay. So I guess like now and really like, um, 
past, uh, you know, 14, 15 years, um, I pretty much just kind of like, I sit at the computer and, um, I, 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 over time I've built up like, uh, uh, I guess like a MIDI library of like drum patterns, like stuff that I've used and, and even like stuff that I've purchased, like from, uh, uh, third party companies that'll make, uh, MIDI patterns. Like there's one, uh, that I bought a long time ago. I can't remember the full name, but it was like punk rock drums or something. And it was like really cool. Cause like they had like actual like DB parts and like cool little fills and stuff. And it, and it kind of like really informed me. Like, I, I mean, I, I have always been fascinated with drums. It's like my favorite instrument to listen to, but I don't actually play them. Uh, but like that particular like MIDI pack was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, okay, they're doing this kind of fill here. I want to do that, but I want to change it up. Um, but anyway, so I'll have like a big library of drums and I kind of treat that as like a, a launching pad of like almost emulating me jamming with a drummer. Um, so I'll like put down a bunch of patterns uh, in my DAW and then have my guitar, or, you know, pick up my guitar and like already have it like record armed and find like a tone, maybe not the final tone, but like pretty close and then like i will i will just straight up record like i won't even just jam over it. i'll record and if i like it i'll keep it um and so that's kind of like my process for you know the very beginning stages of the song now sometimes i won't have you know the whole song done compositionally i might have like a large chunk of it um and then i'll kind of put it together put the rest together like a puzzle like change things here mute things here solo things and then or you know and then edit um like the drum patterns especially like to get um the velocity sounding um as realistic as i as i can get um yeah so it's it's really just kind of a uh almost like me jamming with a virtual uh my own virtual drummer and then putting putting the rest together after that yeah so you don't <clears throat> set like <clears throat> you don't set the like um entire drum pa patterns out like for yourself like right away you sort of uh get get the feel of where something's going and then you sort of yeah. stop there and and put the put the next pieces together mostly um there have been times where i will create the or what i think will be the entire track like you know just say three to three to five minutes of a song mm -hmm. or whatever of just the drums and then and i'll just listen to that uh from front to back like nothing else is is laid down and i'm just kind of in my head or, or just like with my guitar uh unplugged sometimes and just kind of like sort of play stuff um but really just pay attention to like the cue changes that i've uh, uh laid down um so i i will sometimes go that route but most of the time it's the former where it's like yeah kind of building blocks okay so you're like sort of like writing most stuff like drums first like it's not yeah right yeah yep. yeah that's really yeah. cool <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of weird because like mm -hmm. like i don't i don't play them you know physically um I like in, in my head i do um but i i guess because like it's just like the main thing that i listen to and like almost any kind of style of music that that has drums um is kind of starting with that first there, there have been times in the past couple of years where i've tried to change it up just 
just for um, getting a, a different perspective where I will put guitar first and then try to create drums uh, over that. And that's been kind of cool. I've done it only a few times. Um, but yeah, yeah. Now, when you when you do something like that and you change your process like so significantly, um, mm -hmm. do you view the results as like drastically different? And then like nobody else bats an eye or do you, or are you just like kind of neutral about it? Um, I would say <laughs> it's, it's almost kind of like, uh, yeah, like the former where it's like, whoa, this is, this felt, this felt way different, uh, of the mm -hmm. process and like almost like alien to me, but in a cool, like in a good way. Where it's like, wow, okay, I could maybe, you know, give this a shot another time or, or maybe uh, go a different route, like start with just bass and then do drums to that and then guitar or what have you. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah and like, you know, people, uh, like no one's ever, you know, uh, pointed out like, oh, this song sounded different, like compositionally, you know, right. than like, yeah, no one would pick that up. Right. It's weird because like I've done, I've definitely done like drums first a lot. And yeah. I mean, I can speak to just Coma Regalia and say that I've done, I've written songs like in just about any like manner that you could, you know, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. <clears throat> there was, um, you know, there was the mirror, the mirror. A lot of that was actually, <clears throat> like you said, um, the bass was like doing like bass first, like a, a fair bit of that was like bass first. A fair nice. bit of it was drums first, and then a fair bit of it was like actual just guitars first, right? So mm. it's a to me, it's this perfect synthesis of like of of um, uh, aspects of of my personality or what have you, like taking control and creating the shapes yeah. like independently. But um, I love that. Yeah. But like, I don't think anybody listens to that and thinks that anything i think that people just listen to it and are just like this is a cool coma regalia record or like i don't like this right. you know, either one but um <laughs> like i so it's interesting because i think like you know i specifically set out to challenge myself in these ways and mm -hmm. and and keep things fresh and interesting and then i just feel like people are just like cool coma regalia record like <laughs> no one's ever been like this is different you know like no one's ever oh. it's either like they like it or you know or or yeah or whatever it's it's never there's never a comment Not on dissected yeah yeah and and it's almost one of these things where it's like like i want to like be taking a task for it like what what you know what were they thinking like what did they do yeah. this time that was you know whatever and i mean we still might get there like i think that we've got some like between our seventh lp our eighth mm -hmm. lp and a couple of the things that will come out in between these things there might be some stuff where people go hey what the fuck is this but um <laughs> but nice. like I, that's what i want i'm like you know yeah. i want somebody to be like when did they get so f fucking weird or whatever but it's, it's never that it's just raise like, them raise their eyebrows yeah, yeah it's it's always just like cool song or like i like this other song better you know i don't, it's, oh, I don't know you know um but i yeah. can definitely relate to that though that's funny yeah it's like you just i don't know you know you got like after a while you have to you know keep it you have to keep it interesting you know i mean like yeah 
Yeah. Um, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm ever bored writing music, but sometimes you, I, I mean, I, I'm, I can't speak for you, but a lot of, you know, probably 95% of musicians would say that they get to that point where they feel like they are going to put something down and they're like, Oh shit, I've kind of already done this. Right. Yeah. So uh, like, yeah, what's yeah, your, I, I feel that. What's your way of like breaking out of that? Is it some of the things we mentioned before? Uh, is it some of that plus like other things? Like, yeah. Um, I guess like there, there's kind of a, a constant motto in my head when, when I get into um, a songwriting recording zone where it's um, basically just kind of me telling myself, like, don't play it safe. Um, mm -hmm. Try something new. Uh, it could be small. It could be could be really big because uh, that's you know definitely been big the past couple of years of trying new stuff. Um, where it's like maybe I'll reach for an instrument or 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 a sound I guess um, uh, that I've never done before or I've barely touched and let's try that and see how it goes and how it um, how it's dynamic kind of. Um, uh, feels with the other parts of, of what I'm used to doing. Um, so it's really, yeah, just like kind of, yeah, the methods like we discussed, maybe new approaches to songwriting and, and recording. Um, and then like, even just like changing up tones will kind of give me new, fresh, uh, perspectives, uh, like still trying to, um, stay within like my general, um, taste of tones but sometimes i'll try something you know pretty different like maybe even in the mix um like just eqing something way different than i might normally do mm. um like like i guess one thing i can think of um the past year maybe a couple of years is where i'll like really be aggressive with high passing vocals like like almost it's it's sort of almost like i'm trying to get that uh uh uh, uh spatial effect sort of where like i held the mic a little further or or i'm like i'm just like you know a few feet away but in in reality it, i'm actually holding it up right to my face um but i want it to feel like in the mix where it's like someone's in the room a little away from the actual band instrument you know guitars and drums and all that um so i've been leaning into that a lot more in the past uh, i guess year and a half um so like that's one thing yeah so r really it's just always trying something new, reaching for something new to where I don't feel stagnant.
Don't play it safe is a is a is a good one. I my thing uh, sometimes that I have to put back in my head is like um, is uh, don't stop moving. Like that's one thing that mm. I try to um, yeah because like I feel like it, especially in like you know in in um like heavier music you know more exciting sounding like heavy music or whatever you're mm-hmm. um even if you fall into like that sort of like four four like boop that 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 kind of you know yeah. whatever like b- beats or patterns or whatever you can right. keep, keep yourself from just following it with four chords or or three chords by just like just if you if you if you stop moving too much then how can you move in between the two places that you're going to go like how can you oh <clears throat> like like um melodically i want the song to go from hmm to hmm or whatever uh-huh. but what can you do in between there that makes it different yeah. than the last time when you did that same thing <laughs> yeah or you know or or that or like you know when you're hitting on something that you're like you feel is sort of like um a trope of the genre or whatever then you're just like mm-hmm. wait how can i like what i just need to stop stopping like move more like don't yeah. stop moving you know keep moving go and then um the antithesis of that of course is um when you're ready to have all that movement pay off then you're like okay now now stop yeah like it's time right. to stop <laughs> and that's when you know you you let um just those couple of chords or notes or whatever you just let those couple of things really pay off and yeah you know you and you say it's like the space in between right you're like here's where we were going you know and and there you go um i mean i think um you know i uh there's there's a couple times i think when i've really uh captured that uh i don't mm, you know, I don't even know the names of my own songs. Like, but, uh. <laughs> I, 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 I totally relate because, like, a lot of the times I will, <laughs> I'll create them on the spot, um, or, or like I didn't think like too deeply. It's just like, go, let's do this, and I'm done with it. And then, you know, I'll, it'll be on my mind for like a couple weeks, like before the release and then after the release. But then, like, yeah, a couple years later, a year later, I, it's just not on my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, to be fair, like Coma Regalia recorded our 200th song like several months ago at this point like so Hell like yeah. <laughs> um so i i mean especially when i'm like i go through these phases where i'm just like i want to distill the title of the song down to like one word or something so you'd think that would Ooh, make yeah. it like easier Easy to, to remember, to remember. Uh-huh. but it's the opposite for me like, oh wow like if i'm like oh well this um, this one album has like it's the one is one song is called like guilt, one song's called regret, and one song's called amnesty, right? So like mm-hmm. I know that, right? I know that's that's the three uh names of those songs, but I don't know which one is which. Like I'm like <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I hear it and I'm like, this song's good, like 
and then I'm like, oh, that's that one, you know? And um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like when we put, when we would put together sets, you know, I would know like two of the songs and, and uh, Jason would be like, where are we at? Are we at this song? And I'm like, I, homie, I don't know. I don't, you know, we're, you know, we're at that one. The one that goes like this. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The association um, by the sounds. Yeah. It's like, what comes next in the set? It's this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, you've talked a lot about, um, about uh, uh, pro- programming drums and stuff. Now, this is something that I have like zero experience with um mm-hmm. i've actually like said it before i i don't i hope no one takes this the wrong way but i'm always like if i started fucking around with that shit like i'd probably never play the drums again and i can't yeah like i can't i know like like i know where to draw the line like with my personality like when we went yeah um when the first time when i was in vegas when we were on tour and mm-hmm. somebody was like do you want to play a couple slots or something? I'm like, no, like not one. No. Cause I know, yeah. I know where to draw lines for myself. Right. And I feel like that's good. Programming yeah. drums would be it. Right. <laughs> Cause like I, I need to play drums sometimes. Like I need to have a physical outlet like that. That's musically, right. you know, uh, and like artistically creative and stuff. Not that programming isn't creative. I think you could like, I think I could possibly be more creative um, because right. I'm not limited yeah. by my physical limitations. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if I got into that and I was like, holy shit, this is so easy. It's so much easier uh, physically. It's easier um, – uh, like it's easier to put this – these sounds in than to like mm-hmm. mix shitty drums like you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> like mix out of tune drums you know and do all this right. other stuff like so i'd be that, yeah. i'd spoil myself you know so i do, so i won't do it but i know this is a tool that's like helped so many people create like really fucking great like music and stuff so like yeah. how would you tell people like to this is how you get started working with electronic drums like sample drums etc um so i guess like nowadays um i'd start with recommending like like so there's so there's like three different like drum libraries slash programs that i use um although there's one that i've been focusing on using a lot this like exclusively this year um and I guess I'll, I'll name them. Like the one I've been using a lot lately is by this company, um, a small but growing company called uh, U- U- Ugertone or Ugertone. Um, and they have several different drum um, uh, libraries. And the one that I've been using a lot is called uh, Punk and Grind, which is like, oh, wow, this is fucking cool shit. Like, like they're actually catering to like aggressive music, uh, like, you know, with tones and like maybe like some of the drum patterns that they might have. Um, so I'd, I'd start, you know, recommend like a good solid library and really like learning the ins and outs of it, like the actual programming part, um, the, the, what do you call it? The mixing of it. Um, cause you can get, you know, down to the nitty gritty as if you, 
did record someone on on a kit, you mm-hmm. know, with a bunch of mics in a room and all that. Um, there's just so many different libraries for 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 um, vers- versatile uh, applications. Um, but I guess like the actual like uh, composition in terms of programming stuff, honestly, I think it's best for someone to. I guess, I guess like now for a good head start is to buy some of these like MIDI packs um, and like, like maybe just use them for sketches and kind of like just visually look at all these little drum hits, like what they're doing. And that will give you like a really, really comprehensive idea of like, okay, that's how you play this kind of beat. I love that beat from this band. Now I can see what that looks like. Um, uh, from a programming, uh, perspective and then, you know, just ride that, um, you know, may- maybe, you know, write several songs with that method. And then next time, um, you know, maybe scale it down where like you could start with those and then, you know, heavily edit them to your taste or, to, you know, to your own unique, um, take on, on that kind of drum pattern and stuff like that. And that, that's actually what I do now. Uh, which is kind of a, a letting a cat out the bag as a secret of why I write so fast. Uh, Cause I already have like a bunch of patterns saved and stuff. Um, so it's like, Oh, I already know I want this pattern, but I'm going to change it up. It's not going to be the same as the last time or, or so far, or it might be, and maybe I'll change like one little part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would just say like, start with a good solid program. Um, I, I guess honestly, before that you need a good computer, um, or a good enough computer with like, uh, good Ram specs and CPU specs, uh, because that stuff will get choppy and hang on like an older computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's honestly the very first thing that someone would need. And then, yeah, find a good library. There's so many cool ones. Like there's, um, I have the version one of a, a Kurt Ballou made a drum library and I used that in the past on um, a Carnair record like exclusively. And then um, he did just come out with a part two, a version two that's like even uh, cooler, I guess, more more detailed, more samples and, and um, mix uh, uh, decisions that you can do like with room mics and, and stuff like that. Um, but my computer is now outdated that cannot handle it. Oh, <laughs> so, <no. laughs> yeah, I was like, I commented on it, like, in, like one of the posts I saw, I was like, wow, I can't wait to try this. And then I was about to buy it. And cause I even got like an upgrade path from version one, like a discount. Uh, but I can't because I don't like my, my computer can't handle the new one. So, uh, that'll be, uh, something I do down the road because I I just love his drum sounds. Um, you can't handle the, all this Kurt Ballou. I can't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. Find you know find a good library. Um, get get your head wrapped around MIDI sample or mi- MIDI patterns, um, and then go from there in terms of tweaking it to your taste. Yeah, I'd say as an aside as well that like getting these drums in there and really being able to look at these hits like individually yeah. and fine tune like mm-hmm. you're gonna like your guitar playing is gonna tighten up like when you start yeah. seeing that and like mm-hmm. playing to it and you're like that's where that is that's where that Absolutely. is like you're yeah. gonna you know things are gonna start clicking in in just in your brain like subconsciously as well and that's gonna be you know something that um I think that people are going to see improvements on like quickly. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. It, it, and not even that's not even the improvement you were looking for necessarily, but it's it's you know that's going to happen for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, um, yeah. So you know, it's been it's been a blast chatting with you again. Um, yeah, likewise. But, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I'll just uh, you know like let the cat out of the bag that you and I finally worked on something. And so like, yes. I got to hear your guitar tones, like, <laughs> you know, fresh in the ear and stuff. And, right. and yeah, I mean like, you know, some of the, some of the tones in there, I was definitely like, Oh wow. There's this weird little clean tone. Like that's, pretty, yeah. that's <laughs> that works really well right there, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so that's, that's really exciting. But, um, like I wondered if you could just sort of like, because you've had so many releases this year, if you could mm -hmm. sort of just go through like the last um, six to eight months of, uh, you know, releases from this year and let people know like um, what they can listen to and where they can and find what you've been up to. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So um, I guess like to make things pretty easy for, for someone to find like all of my, uh, releases, I've kind of made a, I guess you could call it like a master band camp page, like oh, almost awesome. as if like, you know, someone makes, like a label uh, or something like a late, yeah, yeah, label yeah. page. And so, it's funny. Someone actually emailed me saying, Hey, can I, can I release or can you release this on your label? Uh, or, or <laughs> I'm interested in you releasing this on your label. And I was like, I'm sorry, but this isn't actually a label. It's just like a, a landing page for like all of my stuff that I'm involved with. Um, but you know, I was kind of flattered. Um, so I try to keep it explicit, like in my description that it's, it's not a label. It's, it's like a hub, you know, for my stuff. But with that said, it's, um, uh, Leelong, uh, isla.bandcamp.com. And it's, uh, L I L A N G I S L A, uh, .bandcamp.com. And, um, I guess like, yeah, the, so far this year, um, I've released quite a bit. Um, there's like a, a few scattered like singles and then, uh, several splits and then quite a few like full lengths. And now some of those are like extremely like short full lengths and some are, you know, kind of traditional, uh, lengths. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, uh, the best spot to find, um, everything I've released, uh, this year and in the past. Awesome. And that would be, so that's, uh, two Carnier. Is that right? Like, are yes. there been two? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then there's been like, uh, was there one or two gone mage albums? Um, so, uh, I guess technically the, there's one, but it's, it's, it's coming out in full on September 30th. So that's, it's coming around around the corner. Now I do have the, the page up for it which is like three of the um three singles like streaming uh readily from that oh, okay. um but prior to that i had uh, a three-way like gone mage split in i think it was june and then a, mm. uh an ep and that was in may uh, that was like the the master of disgust uh, ep okay yeah that's the one i'm thinking yeah yeah, yeah. and that that one i mean you know, someone could consider that a full length, although I personally consider an EP. It, it is a little lengthier for an EP. I think it's like 23 minutes ish. Um, it's funny because while I consider that an EP, I made a home skin full length. That's literally one minute long. Um, <laughs> absolutely no one in the world is going to call that a full length. But me like 
artistically, I consider it a full length. It's just like a real, you know, one minute, like grind, you know, uh, frenzied kind of thing um, that I put together. But yeah. So Homeskin is the thing that started this year, correctly? Uh, last year, but okay. in the late, like late no- or mid to late November. Okay, yeah. so late last year. I was, you know how time is right now. Um, oh yeah. But and um, you've done like, like a release a month or something. Like it, it's pretty been, much. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you've described the process with um that band as like very stream of conscious. Yes. So um, <clears throat> is that just like uh okay i have an idea like for a theme and then you go off of that or like what's how's that differ yeah so i i guess like um to kind of put like a a contrast so like i'll describe like with karner and gone mage it's like putting a puzzle together very deliberately and and with a uh you know pretty long gestation period of like okay I've got this down. I'm going to digest it, listen to it um, ad nauseum for weeks or months or or however long, and then, you know, come to the conclusion that it's ready. But with, like, home skin, I strictly kind of put myself into, like, I guess, like a zone where it's like, no, this is going to be done in 24 hours or 48 hours or or I think a week was the longest that I sat on something um, or in terms of, like, putting the, the whole like release together. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of, I'll, I'll go into it with, you know, an idea or a set of ideas and then just start like, just start recording, like writing, recording simultaneously. And then, you know, I'll listen to it back, uh, make sure I didn't like mess up, um, technique, you know, technique wise, um, in the recording and then I'll call it done. That's awesome. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy like um, having those kinds of like uh, not necessarily pressures, you know, but these these mm-hmm. like restraints, like a parameter. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it really can can not force, you know, but it 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 lights the fire, you know. It gets you gets exactly. you ready to yeah. go. Primes There's you. like a sense of urgency, like oh, I I set my mind to this. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so in addition to, uh, the, um, the, the Gone Mage album that you mentioned before, like what can people expect, uh, coming up, you know, um, what do you want to tell us about before we take off? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Um, so that album is called Handheld Demise and that's coming September 30th. Um, so I guess like I started writing this. Uh, last December, so that kind of already shows the contrast uh, between between uh, Gone Mage and Homeskin, um, and it's it's a concept album based on like recurring dreams and nightmares, um, where it, it's thirteen tracks and tracks two through thirteen, so twelve of the songs are um, adapted from recurring nightmares that like fans and like friends, even like some strangers, submitted to me. Like I kind of did like a call to action on social media, like, tell me your recurring nightmares. Um, I would like to adapt them into an album. And I got some really wild, cool ones. Um, so, so, you know, 95% of the album is, is that where it's kind of like a, a monster of the week format, um, that I, I personally really love, like 
from, you know, like say like X-Files or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, that it's kind of like I adapted their, their nightmares kind of into the gone mage universe sort of, I mean, really it's, it's all about that. It's all about their dreams. And then the music is like kind of just my adaptation to, to what their dreams are about. But the, I guess like the, the overall kind of, um, tension and release is like this character that I made up, um, on the first two Gone Mage albums, she's called the Curator, and she's like a, a dream realm protector of sorts, and I guess like a wizard. Um, and she's trying to fight off these like recurring nightmares in this like purgatory dream realm, um, sort of like uh, I guess like entities that represent these recurring nightmares. Um, like there's there's one that's um, Uh, called father time's grandfather clock and that one's about like a demon called father time or or as if like father time uh themselves is like an entity that's actually demonic and and menacing and so she's trying to fight um them off and like subdue them into like a a state of where they can't they can't bother anyone anymore they can't scare people in their dreams um so it's like a uh, i guess musically it's a wild ride of like the black metal meets chip tune. Um, and then like, there's even some really out there, like pop, like pure pop moments on it. Um, like electronic pop uh-huh. and then some like, you know, pretty straightforward punkish moments, but with like the video game sounds, um, uh, mixed in there. And yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool album. I'm pretty proud of it and like excited for people to, to enjoy it or, or, you know, experience it. And that was another installment of Songscapes. Thank you so much, Gary, for taking the time to chat with me. Did you know that in addition to writing a bunch of songs, doing a label, and doing a podcast, that I also make comics? You can find out more at patreon.com slash humanmachine. There's also a quarterly comp with exclusive tracks from my various projects that will only be available on those comps. Find out more at patreon.com slash humanmachine. Until next time, take care and do good things.